0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is my co-host Jenny. What's up? Uh, And tonight we have two great guests to talk about a very serious and um, I hope enlightening conversation about uh, the ladies in the geek culture, in geek uh, professionalism, all all things we're going to talk about. uh, Hopefully, first joining us is Amelia. Amelia. From the Marvel Report and the Geekly Planet and Amy Poehler, Smart Girls. And the list probably goes on and on and on. Hi, guys. And also joining us for the second time, we're so excited to have her back, is Alicia Grosso from Movie Pilots. Uh, she works at Marvel. And again, her list goes on and on and on and on and on.
1: Hi. Hello. Two How very, are you guys?
0: very, very busy ladies. We're, we're thankful you had time to, to join us tonight.
1: Well, thank you for having us. I was really excited when I found out that this was, you had an idea to do this, since I think it's an awesome topic. Uh,
0: yeah, I think we're going to revisit it multiple times, because I'm sure it's going to need to be talked about quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> either it, That might be a good thing, it also is probably more of a bad thing. Um, but I, I was thinking today about what to launch into, and I was thinking about when I was a kid, growing up, being a, a fan of geeky culture, like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, pretending As a seven-year-old that I was Raphael and playing with the kids in the neighborhood and we were all Ninja Turtles and there was always one girl that hung out with us and she was April O'Neil, obviously. And we never gave her fun things to do. She was always the one that needed to be saved, unfortunately, because that's what we saw in the cartoon is we got to save April and uh, that kind of propelled me into thinking, well, that's a stupid thought, and why Why is it that way for, for kids at that age? And I remembered because that's what I saw. And these are the heroes that I grew up with, the Ninja Turtles, X-Men, Batman, all this stuff, and they're always saving people, and more often than not in the cartoons, it's it's a girl. Um. <clears throat> so w- before we jump into that kind of huge, layered topic, what... What did you look up to when you were like your first experience into the geek culture, comics, video games, whatever it is, what was the, the hero for you that you saw and said, I want to be like that, or that you envisioned. And I'll I'll start with Jenny.
2: Oh man. I'm well, you know, this, I mean, I was super young, but flash Gordon has ruled my entire life. (laughs) Like everything in my life to this day, 30 plus years has been all my tribute to flash Gordon. But when I, you know, I'm I'm the typical. I love He-Man, She-Ra. Um definitely more cartoons than I was like books and comics, mm-hmm. you know, growing up where it's kind of changed now. I'm way more into the comics and the books than I am the TV and the cartoons, but but yeah. I've got a I've got a list that's a mile long, so you can't make me pick my favorite child other than Flash Gordon.
0: <laughs> is there Flash is there a boy. prominent like I guess I didn't frame it Uh, This way, but it doesn't have to be, but like a prominent female hero or heroine that you looked up to and thought that that, that's a shining figure for you to achieve. Oh, Jim from Jim and the Holograms. Okay.
2: Yeah. Her and Synergy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're, did you see the movie yet?
2: I will not waste my time on that. Yeah. I
0: didn't think so. (laughs) 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 Uh, what about you, Amelia?
3: Um, Batgirl. Definitely.
0: Any particular reason?
3: Um, not at first. Um, I, I just liked her because she was in the Batman universe at first cause I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I used to watch reruns with, with my dad of the, you know, the old television show. Um, and then when the animated series came out, um, I just always used to get really excited when I was really little, when she would come across their little bat cycle and, like, that was how I knew that she would be in that episode. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, when I was really little, it was just that there was a character that I could identify with in something that was so important to me. And then as the animated series came and, you know, you got to see her strength and her struggles and stuff like that. And as I grew, like, I, I got to grow with the character, mm-hmm. um, which was fun, for sure.
0: Cool. Yeah, I always got kind of excited when I knew Batgirl was going to be on it, not just because it's a cute girl, but because... Uh, it was a bigger Bat Family character, so and she, yeah. she was cool to watch. It was it added something different to the Batman and Robin proceedings. What about you, yeah. Alicia?
1: Um, you know, I was really a big fan of She-Ra. Uh, I used to run around pretending to be She-Ra, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but. You know there honestly, there weren't really that many female characters on in movies and t v to look up to um I'm probably a little bit older than most of you guys uh so I grew up in the eighties and you were kind of stuck with She-Ra mm-hmm. as far as being like you know a kick ass female um I mean I did love Gem and the Holograms, but uh but you didn't have a whole lot, so I kind of actually gravitated toward a lot of the geekier. Uh, I always liked the geeks, like the nerds, like in Ghostbusters. I never cared about Peter Venkman. I always liked Egon. Okay. Uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles, I loved, but I always liked Donatello. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like Alvin and the Chipmunks. When I was really little, I always liked Simon. Like if they had glasses, I liked them basically. <laughs> so it was weird. So like I always liked Bridget, like the from Alvin and the Chipmunks, because she was like Simon's girlfriend. So she was a mm-hmm. smart glass, like nerdy, wearing you know nerdy classes one, um, so but it was you know outside of like Shira and Gem and the Holograms, there weren't really that many female characters to really look up to.
2: You and, you and I must be close in age because that's kind of my range too. And it was there was this whole part of my childhood where they just sort of force pushed you onto My Little Pony and Strawberry Shortcake.
1: Oh God, you know, and, yeah.
2: And there were the you know Smurfette. Everything, girl, you had to be girly, you know. Yeah, um, princesses were the thing, all that. So it was really, it was interesting because I, I have a ton of brothers, mm-hmm. and the toys would start intermixing. Like I would have my Shira dolls playing with his at the time WWF wrestling dolls, <laughs> and He Man would definitely be you know with Jim. Like they, the toys would intermix, so it was weird because it was it cartoons and everything pushed the female characters you know but, but there yeah. wasn't any that were like super cool that even a, a boy would like because you I weren't guess. going to see too many boys hanging around with the strawberry shortcake cartoon
1: exactly and a lot of the like the female-based characters were for like young girls like very yeah. young girls like and so once you got a little bit older yeah you had transformers you had so i remember my sisters and i played with like transformers all the time and changed me into turtles and gi joe because we just didn't have like any, like there was some Barbie and some stuff like that. But for the most part, like the really girly stuff was like strawberry shortcake and my little pony, which we stopped being interested in when we were
2: like, six.
0: Right. Okay. So now we kind of have an idea of where, where you were and where you kind of grew up with. Uh, I, I'm surprised. What about like, <laughs> I don't know because I'm a, I wasn't a fan as a kid, like the Disney princesses. Do they play a role at all for, for young girls as far as, yeah, Okay.
2: <laughs> I think it depends on, on the girl because like my – a really good friend of mine growing up was obsessed with some of the, the Disney princesses. Like mm-hmm. everything, you know, Halloween, that's what she wanted to be and then she wanted the sheets to go on her bed. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, not I, – I liked the movies growing up but I also preferred Jungle Book over, you know, Snow White. Sure. But mm-hmm. – it It just depends on the girl, I think I think the princesses do a lot for a lot of girls that they're and the storylines are usually yeah. pretty good well, but that, I don't know it, it's not a deciding point, I don't right think.
3: it also that you know, it depends on the princess and the time Because, mm. like when by the by the time I was alive, like we had so much more than you know the stereotypical. Boring, useless princesses, and you know there are people who make arguments for Snow White and Cinderella, and yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but like you know, we got we got the Bells and the Mulans, and you know we got to kind of grow up with those. So that was that was a little different.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like the Disney princesses that we know now are are kind of different. It's the, the Disney princesses weren't a thing when we, I was growing up in the eighties. It was just these were the movies, but now they have the, the Disney princesses as a term. Uh, mm-hmm. that people know now because obviously there's more movies more characters and it's more of a thing whereas like Snow White and Cinderella like to me those stories always ended with well they had to be saved by a boy
1: yeah you know looking back I realize now I said that there just weren't a lot of female characters for you know to be role models and I realize that's true if I'm looking at movies and particularly TV shows and cartoons mm-hmm. but now that I think of it I found a lot of my female role models in books okay. Um I really loved Anne, Anne Shirley of Anna Green Gables. Uh, she was my spirit animal. I loved, uh, I, I read Laura Ingalls Wilder's A Little House in the Prairie series. Um, Meg Wallace from, you know, the the Maternal Angle, like, Swiftly Tilting Planet. Um, you know, obviously, like, the, the Pevensey sisters from Narnia. So I feel like in books, there were actually a lot of great, uh, you know, fully rounded, like, feisty, you know, independent heroines in the popular book series, um, but that didn't translate over into cartoons because at the time of cartoons, you were also getting a lot of the, um, a lot of the Japanese adaptations and those definitely did not cater to women at all. Right. Uh, or girls. So I found most of my female role models and idols cause I, I still am a bookworm, but in books. So now that I think of it, I did have a lot. They just weren't in TV and, and, uh, and movies.
0: Sure. Sure. And when I'm thinking like in the eighties, uh, early late seventies, nineties, like the, the prominent, like female characters, even in movies, like all I can really come up with is like Sarah Connor and like Sigourney Weaver and aliens. Mm hmm. And I mean, you
1: had some fantasy stuff, but even that, the fantasy movies, like, they were mostly just needed to be saved.
0: Right. Like, yeah. And then with Aliens and Terminator, those are, like, adult movies, so they're not really mm-hmm. designed for little girls to look up to Sarah Connor.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, and even in the case of those movies, like, they're they're kind of the stereotypical, like, strong female character where mm-hmm. they, like, they are badass, and I love that, and I'm here for that. But, like, it's still, like, the very one-note... Pat- yeah, having multi-layered female characters like their purpose—it's it, just like watching the Expendables. Like I'm not watching that to see those guys have dimensions. I'm watching <laughs> that to see them punch stuff, and that's kind of the era of the like the stereotypical strong female character.
2: Sure.
1: I feel like we're in an age right now where we're just finally starting to get really well-rounded female characters that are realistic, because for so long. Honestly, I hear the phrase "strong female character" and it makes me cringe.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. because
1: I know that 99% of the time, that's that phrase is coming from a guy, <laughs> and he envisions either that exactly what you know Amelia just said, where it's that whole like kick-ass, uh, you know, kind of you know, you know, kick-ass and take names female character uh, with an attitude, or it's going to be like the really weird vampy, like femme fatale, like sultry, you know, like um, look at Sherlock. uh, My mind just went blank. Um, His Adler. Thank you. Uh, Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Irene Adler. Um, And that's it. That's all you get. So you hear strong female character and it's like, you do realize that the vast majority of women of this earth don't fit into that. But when you see things like, Jessica Jones, uh, Tulip from Preacher, you know, Game of Thrones, like we're starting to get a lot more um, fully realized, like just realistic female characters, which is really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I found myself, I don't remember what I was writing, it was a review of something and I wanted to describe the character, the lead character, and it was a woman and I wanted nothing but to avoid the words strong female character, like I just didn't want to say it that way, but... like, I felt like a weak writer, if I had to describe her that way. But that's what they posed her as, unfortunately, is what... But they- I can
1: guarantee that how they posed her, or who, like, the descriptions, that those were written by male executives, sure. male writers, male right. executives, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about, like, you know, as we kind of move forward in, in time, like, in TV, I, the progression for me was, like, the... This, 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 the stronger female characters uh, was like Buffy or Sydney Bristow from from Alias. Are those believable for you guys, or are they still a little bit out there?
3: So for me, like I I like Buffy, but I'm much more of an Angel person. So just like sticking in that universe, I find the Freds of those worlds to be almost stronger than than the Buffys, and I like I feel that way today because I like. With, it's the same reason that I gravitate towards heroes without superpowers. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's easy to be brave when you're invulnerable or you can do all of these things, but it's a lot harder when you're scared or you could die at the drop of a hat. So, I mean... Like, the, the, the Caitlyn Snows and the Freds and the Felicity Smokes and, and those type of characters that are terrified and they are afraid, but they rise past that. Those are, like, some of my favorite characters. And I, like, obviously still have a big place in my heart for the Black Widows and the Batgirls of the world. But I just, huge thing for the 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 female characters that are portrayed as you know, weaker, but they have that strong, brave moment where they're like, "No, I'm not weak. I'm a, just as much of a badass as you."
0: I, not to change it to, to the males, but I'm similar in that I like the Xanders of the world or the the Fitzes of the world, like those guys that are just there because they 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 should be, and that they could be killed at any moment.
2: Mm-hmm. I think though too, it it comes down to. It, not so much popularity, but those secondary characters are more relatable to a lot of people because not everybody is the Buffy Sanders, the most popular, coolest person and now has all these, you know, these challenges that she, you know, are put upon her. You've got most people can relate to a Willow, you know, Willow's intelligent. She doesn't jump in with this first. She has to plan everything out and strategize and those characters seem to have more layers um and not i i love buffy don't get me wrong i absolutely yeah. love her and i think she's super strong for what she is but when i personally watch a show i'm on the same page i kind of like those secondary characters more because they mm-hmm. do have a a little i don't know if cuz they they draw out the main character so much that when you get into those secondary characters they have just key re, uh sort of things that they go for like willow was the smart one and and the kind of weird and goofy one or what have you and they make more sense in real life and they're such a good anchor to the main character at that point if if that makes any sense um
1: i i think I, i i definitely agree with what you're saying there i think that um kind of a theory about that what I did want to say, though, is beyond Buffy, my hero as far as like my teenage years was Dana Scully. Sure. So I was nice. a, I was a religious X-File watcher. And and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the term the Scully effect. Um, but because of Dana Scully's popularity and influence, uh, she actually directly influenced an entire generation of girls getting into uh, the STEM field. And yeah, uh, and they directly like they've done studies like there was a huge pop in girls going into like, you know, uh, STEM research and they traced it back to basically it was the influence of Dana Scully, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, but I I think, you know, Jenny, what you were saying about maybe like the, the main characters are almost sometimes too for me, I think it's that main character sometimes almost too perfect. And I think it's that you get, again, because you get a lot of TV writers, a lot of movie script writers are men trying to write women. And so they think it's flattering to write a strong female character that's virtually flawless. And even her flaws are charming or cute um, or easily explained away when that's not real you know, we want to see flaws. We want to see them struggle because that's more realistic to me is I don't need a perfect character. uh, And I don't, it's almost detrimental to, to write a female character that is so strong and so flawless or that she does have one main flaw that kind of ends up even being a strength in a weird way that, it undermines the fact that she is a fully realized, like realistic character to me, at least.
2: Right. And the the best characters, and this goes between men and women are the ones that they grow because of their flaws. And I think in history, the women characters haven't had too much um, attention to that. They make the woman sort of simplistic and, and easy to grasp like the reality of the situation and such without going into how would she actually react? How does she really feel? How, you know, there is, there's been a disconnect between the men and the women characters in that regard, in my opinion.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now I kind of want to transition to your day to day life as a uh, geek or nerd girl. Um, in in this world of geek culture, like, we have a good mashup here of people who, you know, are just fans or professional in, in this industry. Um, what's, like, for for me, I go to a comic book store, I'm just in for the books, I'm out. If a girl goes in, there's attention to that girl because that's the, like, there's a girl here type, type stigma that, well, now she's getting attention and she's here because the, the guys are drawn cute or... You know she doesn't actually know what she's talking about when she's talking about a comic book or a movie on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You know that kind of thing. So I've heard that a lot from girls in uh, that follow us on Twitter. I, I did ask a lot of people what they go through. So I kind of want to know what you guys deal with on a day to day basis without you know breaking things and getting too angry about what you have to deal with from <laughs> the, the male uh, geek populace. Um, uh, Amelia, do you want to start?
3: Sure. I mean, like I'm I'm. So far as like my direct circle goes, I'm pretty blessed where I don't have to deal with that. the The majority of my close friends are dudes, um, but they've also known me for a decade, so there's there's none of that, and there was really none of that to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far as like going into like geeky stores, like GameStop is my least favorite place to go to uh, I will order it online.
0: GameStop because... feels like the hot topic of gaming stores to me.
3: <laughs> oh my God. They just like, every time I go in, they look at me confused. They run right out to me. How can we help you, sweetie? Don't call me oh. sweetie champ. Get behind the counter. I know what I'm here for. Move. Wow. Um, like it's like GameStop has always been like the one place that I've had just like the biggest struggle. And I'm sure like I'm sure it's a great company, and I'm sure, like, other people have different experiences. But for yeah. me personally, like, in-person, GameStop is the worst. I get it a lot at conventions. Um, and things are getting better where, like, we always have the women in geek industry panels and stuff like that, and people are starting to, like, gradually come out of it. Um, the, the the worst offender, though, is definitely the online community, always, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's the online community and they're keyboard warriors, and I mean, so like I keep my DMs open um, on Twitter yeah. in case, like, any because I don't follow a lot of people. So, um, like, I've I've had opportunities sent to me that way. So I keep them open. Um, but I like every once in a while, and lately, pretty frequently, um, <laughs> as I've gotten more and more followers throughout you know, the time I've been on there, like, I'll get people who will just message me and start the conversation with, are you a feminist? And I respond to those people. And here's why I respond to those people. Because I think to move forward with feminism and that whole conversation, we need to get more guys involved. Like, everybody needs to be on the same page for equality, not just women. So like I don't wanna be a jerk right off the bat in case like it's it's an actual conversation that needs to be had. But so rarely is it actual <laughs>
0: Well if that's the first question it's probably not. It's well, gonna be confrontational.
3: Yeah, and I mean like one time it was just like, okay, cool, and that was it. And it was like, Okay, bro, why were you here? But whatever, it's <laughs> fine. Um, and then, you know, nine times out of 10, it's not, it's not the great situation. Or, you know, I post an article and some idiot will be like, you're dumb. What are you talking about? Um, and I mean, so I don't for, so far as like the big outlets that I write for, it's just smart girls right now. Mm -hmm. So thankfully I don't get a lot of internet trolls on that. Um, unless it's somebody who's really mad about feminism Um, I had somebody tell me I was a baby killer once just because they couldn't think of a better insult. Like, we weren't even talking about abortion or pro-choice or any of that. Just, like, came out of nowhere, saw feminist in my tweet, was like, you're a baby killer, you feminazi, beep, and just, like, left. And I was like, what just just happened? (laughs) Classy. (laughs) <laughs> what, what what is going on? Like, Cuz I take all responses that way with complete
2: intelligence.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's so often that I just laugh. It's it's when people like go after my friends that I get super like, okay, now we're going to get nasty. But when they come after me, I'm just like, okay, sweetheart, sit down. You're adorable. Uh, but but yeah, definitely the online community is is a lot worse than um my real life community, because nobody knows me in real life.
0: <laughs> I was going to bring up cons because you were just had a long weekend at a con. Um, yeah. I don't think either of the other two ladies do do cosplay at all, but you do. Yes. Uh, how does that affect your, your con experience?
3: Um, again, live at the con, it's fine because okay. when I walk around as Natasha, I think most people are concerned that I'm going to punch them in the face. <laughs> sure um, you know, say all you want about resting bitch face, but it saves me a lot of conversations that I don't want to have. Yeah. Um, cause I just like my face sets in this expression that says, don't talk to me. I'm not a super approachable person, which is not always great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm you know, when I post those pictures, um, I get a lot of, uh, what was it last year? It's been a while since I've gotten any, because um, I just now posted a lot of the Black Widows from this year. Um, I got Did She Eat Black Widow? Um, I prefer the one that shows more tits. Um, I remember Black Widow having a lot fewer chins. Jeez. There's, yeah. It, I mean, you know, the cosplay community can be super vicious, and it's not just for women. Like, it's for guys, too. Um, the, like, uh, definitely. An, can be a nasty, nasty group of people, but it's, it's less, it's less, oh, you're just cosplaying her cause you're a redhead and more just nasty comments about how I look, which would mm-hmm. break my heart if I gave a shit what they had to say. <laughs>
0: right. Right. I don't know. Cosplay. When I go to a con, I can't cosplay. I'm just not that brave. Uh, but for the cosplayers, whether the costume is well done or it's just, you know, made seconds before they got there, or if it's a person that's not the right size for this character, it, it's cool because they're having a good time with it, and they're they're, yeah. they're they're enjoying this character. They're promoting this character that means a lot to them, and that's, that's what it's there for. But, you know, it's the, the world that we live in. There's bullies, and it's going to be for everything, so uh, it's un- unfortunate. Uh, what about you, Alicia? What do you kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis, being, <laughs> being the <laughs> as prominent uh. as you are on social media, especially when hockey is on? Yeah, well, uh... Can I ask, can I ask, when, you, when you're when you watching hockey and you're tweeting about it, Does do you get mansplained hockey stuff to you while you're tweeting about it? No, no, no. Good, because uh, you, know, you know what you're talking about. And the, Yeah,
1: I mean, really, most the only sports people I follow on Twitter are, like, the Pittsburgh, I'm from Pittsburgh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the Pittsburgh sports community, and they know better than to <laughs> question my judgment. Right. Um... But I, you know, Dave and Amelia, as you guys know, uh, I'm quite active on Twitter. Uh, Jenny just followed me, but I am, you know, very active on Twitter. Um, I'm not the most well-known entertainment, you know, journalist out there, but I do write for, I mean, you know, I'm editor at large Movie Pilot, and Movie Pilot is a pretty damn big site. Mm -hmm. Um, Forbes, you know, uh, I write for Forbes, which I don't, I write more business and marketing for them about the movie industry, so I, it's really hard to, like, f- piss people off on Forbes. I, I did sure. really anger the furry community once. Wow. Um, <laughs> writing about Zootopia and implying that they were sexually attracted to the main character, which they are, but <laughs> I just modified it and basically made a point to say that it was just some of the community, not all of it, and then they settled down, and I was like, wow, you guys are really nice compared to Gamer Gators, uh, so... You're all right for a community, Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs)
1: right? Um, So, uh, yeah, I was like really sweet. Like they called me, like, well, thank you so much for changing that. And I was like, all right, you guys have just bumped way up in my hierarchy (laughs) of like demographics and fandoms I've pissed off with my writing. Um, And then you know, there's so there's movie pilot that film school rejects is another one, and then occasionally uh, Marvel. Marvel's a little bit hard to make people angry because it's mostly just news and stuff. So. But I am very active on social media and, um, you know, I tweet as much about politics and self-deprecating jokes and I am firmly a feminist, uh, and I am very opinionated. And for the most part, I don't have problems. My, the people that follow me are very cool. Um, I do follow quite a few people, but I've made a point to weed out the ones that don't add value. Um, So it's a pretty cool, respectful community. Every so often though, actually probably more often than most people, I have a knack for attracting crazy people. (laughs) Um, And you guys have seen this where somebody will just come out of the blue and just start like just ranting like batshit crazy stuff at me. And I'm just like, okay. So... (laughs) What I get a lot is I I particularly love, I do so love when I have some random guy trying to mansplain how the movie industry works to me
3: Mm.
1: um, or how Marvel works to me. (laughs) So I really love when they try to tell me how the movie, this especially happens with butthurt DC fans. um, When I talk about, like industry or, you know, something with like Warner brothers or whatever. And they get really mad if I'm not, you know, sucking up to Warner brothers Mm -hmm. or DC. And then they start accusing me of not knowing how it works. And I'm like, Oh, please random dude in Kansas, please tell me about how the movie industry works. (laughs) Um, so I mean, in a, in a large way, even though I do tend to attract assholes because I am very outspoken, I get it a lot less frequently. Maybe it's because I give off the vibe. I will hinge my jaws and eat somebody alive if they argue with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe it's just because I've proven that I I generally know what I'm talking about, but I tend to get it a lot less than a lot of other women I know online. And that is messed up in and of itself that I've actually gone, well, you know, I did just have some guy call me a, you know, I, I don't know how, what language you can we can Feel use in this free. podcast okay good. like a you know stupid cunt or something like that or but but I'm like but at least you know this time i didn't get a rape threat um or yeah i did get a rape threat this time but at least i don't get it all the time like so and so you know woman yeah. and i thought that is messed up like i had that thought the other day i thought that is effed up if that is where I'm at, where it's like, I got a rape threat, but at least I haven't gotten one in a while. And at least it's not as bad as what other women experience. Like there's something fundamentally wrong with that. If that's how I justify mm-hmm. that abuse, not being so bad.
0: That's, that's an internet thing. Cause I can't imagine that happening before Twitter. Like that's insane to me when I saw somebody like, you know, retweet a picture of a chat where somebody said that to them. Like, I can't imagine saying that to anyone I know, even if I hated them. That's yeah. because you're a
3: decent human being, but that doesn't well, mean that it's it gonna happen in real life all the time.
0: I wouldn't go that like, far, but that
3: is that is definitely it, not just an internet thing. That
0: is yeah, not,
2: that, dude. that's not I mean, I've been at bars where, you know, if a if a gal pisses a guy off, they're going to show them what they can do. And just yeah. it it there's a million ways of saying it, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty common thing. Just the other day, I was uh, and see this is the thing. I had a whole Twitter rant
1: about this. Again, like I said, I'm you know I'm big <laughs> on Twitter. Find me. Um, no, but uh, you know it's something that I pointed out to because a lot of guys, a lot of decent guys, they have that exact reaction. Just have just like Jesus. I had no idea. It's because the assholes, the true creepers, they don't do it in front of other men. They okay. do it. It's like it's like. Uh, It's very – they're very predatory in nature. Mm -hmm. So it really is like they are like pulling like the weak one from the herd. They wait until a woman is alone or unguarded or by herself and that's when they'll do it. Um, And a lot of times – That's
0: when they'll be that aggressive.
1: Yes. yeah. Okay, okay. The other day I was walking to my car. And this guy was on his bike and he walked, he drove, he rode past and he was like, Hey, mama. And like, he kind of gave me this like weird, like this leer. And I, I just went, Nope. And he's like, Bitch. And I went, Okay. And I kept walking. Same guy. Three days later, tried to do the same thing with me. And I was walking in my car and he called me a cunt this time or stuck up cunt. And I can guarantee if I had been with another guy or I'd been even maybe like with another girl, but definitely with a guy, he never would have even said a word to me because. A lot of guys, if they see with another guy, they'll go, oh, she's his property. So I can't oh, say sure. anything. She's, 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 you know, so. That's not I think my it's brain a bit of went. that,
2: but I also think it's a bit of, obviously, if you're with the guy, more than likely they have respect for you. And they know <laughs> that that guy's probably going to beat their ass because yeah. they're disrespecting, That's... you know, the person they're with. But yeah, it, Dave, it's, it's crazy. It is. It's very very common. And mm-hmm. the moment you, that's why women go to the bathroom together. You know, it's the mm-hmm. ongoing, exactly. of, let's go. Because the moment you break away from the herd, there is always an asshole. I no matter where you're at, you can in. be in the nicest place in the world. And it's yeah. easy to find an asshole.
1: At bars and restaurants and clubs, and or even in public in general, I have stepped in more times and I've seen women step in on behalf of other women, like strangers. More times than I've seen men do it because when women are out in public, even if we're in Starbucks, if we're at the grocery store, if we're at a bar, we keep our head on a swivel. And if we happen to notice a guy walking up to another, walking up to a woman and starting up a conversation with her, every woman that noticed that will keep an eye on it just in case. Whereas every guy in that room will think nothing of it. And so they'll be looking down at their phone. I can't tell you how many times I've had weird stuff happen to me right in front of another guy in public. Because he was on his phone and completely oblivious to what was happening. Guys don't have to keep their head on a swivel when they're in public because they, they are never threatened. Whereas women, we do. And so we look out for each other. And so I've seen far more women and I've stepped in to on behalf of other women more. And it's not that they're bad guys. It's just that they literally do not see it happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, because I... I can say I wouldn't think to think that at all. Like, why do all these girls go to the bathroom together? To talk is what I would think for some stupid reason, because I don't know.
1: I mean, there's, there's that too, but we also go, it's safety in numbers. Right, yeah.
0: right.
3: Don't talk to me when I pee, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, that's normal, I think, to not talk to somebody. Uh, you would
3: be so surprised
1: Oh, I definitely am a drunk talker. I definitely am. I'm like, <laughs> girls, we make friends in the bathroom when we're drunk. Because you walk and you're like, oh, my God, I love your dress. Like, oh, my God, I love your dress. Like, thank you. And then you're best friends for, like, the next 20 minutes until you sober up. And you're like, oh, yeah. There was that girl that I talked to when I was drunk in the bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. there's. I know there was a stand-up comedian that uh, I can't remember which one. But I heard his bit, like, on satellite radio or something. And he was talking about how... When he would have friends over to his house where he lived in a not so nice neighborhood, whenever they would, the girls would leave, they would ask for them to walk them to their car. And he's like, I don't know why. It's like, you know, you're right up front. Why do you need me to walk me out? And then he realized, oh, it's because they could get raped or killed.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no.
1: I was just say there was that story uh, that just happened a couple weeks ago. It happened right here in Santa Monica and uh, at a nice restaurant. Nice lounge. Oh, I know this and, one. Um, three women were out having fun. And the one, as they were talking, they noticed that, um, there was a date or like there was a guy and a girl together that they weren't on a date, but they watched as she wasn't paying attention and they watched the guy put something in the woman's drink. And so they went up to her, he went to the bathroom and they went up to her when he stepped away and they were like, just to let you know, the guy you were with, we just saw him put something in your drink. And she turned pale and she was like, he's one of my best friends. I've known him for ages. Like he drove me here. And, um, so while the guy was, you know, they, they quietly went up and they talked to the manager and then the manager, good for the manager, called the police and the police showed up and escorted him right out. And he knew immediately, the guy knew exactly what he was getting arrested for.
2: And, well, those and they women. had it on they had it on the security mm-hmm. camera too that's why yeah. the the restaurant owner called the cops <laughs> is you know they went back, looked at it, and watched him do it, and they were able to compensate the drink and everything, but it was so strategically planned too, because she went to his house, left her car in his gated apartment complex, and then went with him so she'd drink this, she'd get really messed up. she had to go back to his house and this is a guy she trusted,
1: and so. I, I'm not the kind of woman, like, I don't like women that are like, all men are bad. I believe most men are fundamentally good. I really do. I do, however, think that most men, even the best men have operated in a bubble of complete ignorance because they're not aware of it because it never, they never have to worry about this. So they, it never crosses their mind that this is even a thing that could happen. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, and, and. You know, and it happens, I think, online. You see the same thing in geek culture. Like, I very rarely see, you know, a male cosplayer defend a female cosplayer. But you'll see other women step in. So, I don't know.
3: it, It goes down to, like, the way they're raised, too. I mean, you look at the Stanford rapist. And, like, the reason the kid doesn't think he did anything wrong is because he was raised to believe that women are his possession. Like, you look at his parents defending what he did. Like, he full-on, in his tiny peanut brain, believes that he did nothing wrong because he has full access to any woman that he wants because he is a man. And he is not the only one to have that mentality. He's not the only good old boy from the town who just stumbled on and did something wrong. Like there are other people just like him who were raised to believe that because rape culture is a very real thing. Like the sentence boys will be boys makes me want to tear off people's faces because that's how early it starts. Like Oh, he made me uncomfortable. He pulled my pigtail. He snapped my bra. Oh, well boys will be boys. No, boys will be held accountable for their actions, except for they aren't.
0: That's insane. Right. The 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 words boys will be boys for me growing up meant oh, those two are fighting. The two boys are fighting. They're boys. They're just fighting. They're just messing around. One of them's going to break their other ones arm or something. Like that's it. That's as far as it goes. It doesn't go towards the treatment of women for
1: getting getting tying that back to geek culture to bring it a little bit back to the the original topic too, that carries over into geek culture because for the longest time geek culture was built entirely and exclusively for and by and around straight white you know Mm -hmm. well not maybe not necessarily straight but like white men. And they grew up because of the comic books they read because of the, the cartoon stuff they watch that if I am, you know, a dude and I'm a pretty decent dude, then I am entitled to have the woman I want. I'm entitled to have, you know, a hot woman with big boobs. I'm entitled. Like, so it's that idea of that entitlement mentality that really does carry over to geek culture. And a lot of the anger you see in geek culture now from men is it's this group of guys that, that, Don't even realize they had, you know, geek privilege because the entire geek culture had catered to them, was built for them, and by them, and around them. So to them, now that we're getting a lot of diverse characters, it seems like they're freaking out and they're like, they're taking over. And it's like, no, it's like there's still such an imbalance between straight white male characters and like diversity. It just seems like so much because you haven't even realized you've been immersed in a world that was built for you exclusively for you by you.
2: Well, and, I do too. Yeah. Like they have there's there's almost a role play when you mm-hmm. read a comic or you watch a cartoon or watch a movie like you if you're a man you might want to be superman. Well, superman gets wonder woman and wonder woman's sexy and all that but it it starts to translate over as well that well it's you know, your fault because, well, look what you were wearing or, you know, I was a he, nice guy. So I you. Mm. Yeah. So they, they see that the woman usually, you know, the man usually gets the woman in a lot of the storylines. I mean, l- less now. So than you know, in the last 20 years or more, mm-hmm. but there's that mentality that, okay, if I'm the star of this story, then I'm going to get the prize girl. And they kind of, it, it's almost like they take that into their real life. Like they want to be the star of their own superhero or what have you. And if you dress sexy, then it's your fault. You know, that I, it, it's mine. I, I can do that because I'm the main star. It's, it's a weird thing, but.
1: I'm the um, nice guy. I'm the good guy. I deserve the girl because yeah. I'm nice.
3: And that toxicity doesn't just affect men Mm -hmm. either. Like that culture affects women too. And not just in the sense that like we end up being victims of it, but in the sense of, you know, there are women who grow up to believe that that's okay. I mean, you look at uh, tying it into geek culture. You look at the Kilgrave and Jessica Jones shippers and the Mm -hmm. Harley and Joker shippers where they're just completely and utterly oblivious to the fact that they are in this disgusting abusive relationship and think that it's perfectly fine because, Oh, but he loves her except Joker doesn't love Harley, but like in the Kilgrave situation, like he, he totally gets her though, because he loves her so much. And I just, I, he deserves her because he loves her. No, I will say,
1: and not to throw them under the bus or anything, but I will say I've seen that more from younger women that are less experienced. Um, yeah. that, that's a very much a mentality of, it well, it really is very much a hallmark of like young women to like, I can change the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And then you get older and jaded and you're like, fuck that. Like I, <laughs> nope, you know, and it's and the Twilight
2: so, series, you know exactly. That's, that's what I was exactly. going to
0: ask. Am I am I being too like ignorant and thinking when I read the first Twilight book and saw the movies, like that is not a healthy relationship for girls to look at?
3: No, well, and it's the, the same books. with like Fifty Shades
2: of Gray. Like, I mean, that yes. was a huge bestseller, mm-hmm. and when you, I mean, I I read most of the first book, and it was disgusting. the The female character in Fifty Shades of Gray is abuse through the entire storyline same with the movie but they're like she likes it she She likes being this like see
1: it you see it a lot in anime as well um not to paint too broad you know a brush or paint you know the the you know japanese or anime cultures too broad a brush that i don't want to offend anybody or stereotype but there's a lot of really really fucked up subtext in a lot of anime you have a lot of the like really stupid innocent schoolgirly characters that are essentially useless um or clumsy and then you know a lot of like games and like manga as well like you have a lot of dudes that are like super rapey and like assholes and that's who the girl falls for because he's just misunderstood or maybe it's her fault like you get a lot of that like it's very weird. It's very strange. And, um, but, and you have a lot of, you know, teenage girls in America, like growing up, watching, reading the stuff, playing like, you know, automate games and stuff. And it's sending a really weird, messed up message. Um, it, you know, you were, you mentioned something earlier, Dave, where you said a lot of women will go into a comic book store and they'll be like, Oh, are you here for your boyfriend or like, you just want to read these because the men are all big and like muscle bound. What so many guys don't understand. And it drives me insane when we talk about the way women are drawn in comics and they're like, well, you get a lot of bare chested men too. And I'm like, you don't understand both the men and women drawn in comics are both to fulfill male fantasies. And they're like, -uh." no, like the women are who they want to fuck the men are who they want to be. Oh. There are no women, there are very few women, I won't say no women, there are very few women that read comic books because they think Captain America is hot, or, you know, Spider-Man is hot. That's not why we read comics. Mm-hmm. And so the way that male characters in comics are drawn are not for women, it's still for men, and that's what a lot of guys don't get.
0: Oh, it's it, I totally get that, 100%. Like, I was going to bring it up, but we, I, we've been talking about so many important things, it's like the way women are drawn in comics. Like you look at Wonder Woman and like just the, the outrageous proportions that these women have and their costumes. Like, how is that okay for for women to look up to that character, to look at what she's wearing, and then you see uh Captain America's got pants, long sleeve shirt, and, you know, he's not drawn to 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 be sexy. He's drawn to be intimidating.
2: Well I think it goes aside though from even the sexiness and stuff they a lot of comics sometimes take the the power away from the female character. what was the and Dave you probably know more, but there was the whole fiasco about the Wonder Woman Superman cover where they changed her whip because mm-hmm. wasn't it the original cover she she wraps like Superman with the whip and brings him in and she's the aggressor in the relationship and they changed it so it looked like Superman was the aggressor when they re-released it. So they took the whole power away from the woman again. Even though it was meant to have a sexual overtone, it still got twisted along the way. And that happens, I think, a lot with, you know, like, there's not, I mean, aside from, like, Vampirella, there's not a lot of really aggressively, you know, sexual overtone, like, women characters out there, but there are a lot of the men. Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I I followed what you're saying. I don't remember that particular cover. Um I I remember the the Batgirl cover with the Joker thing. I remember that being mm-hmm. a big yeah, um,
1: or the Milo Minara variant cover for Spider Woman. Right, yeah. The one that showed her basically in body paint with her ass in the air. And Marvel, you know, to their credit, they pulled it. Um but I can't tell you how many guys couldn't see the problem with that. That just happened actually with uh, a couple weeks ago. I wrote an article about Fox studios apologizing for the billboard that featured apocalypse choking mystique.
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: I cannot tell you just the shit storm on my comment section was, were so many guys just not under, and even a lot of women. And again, but again, very young women, um, that didn't see the big deal. Didn't understand the upset. Uh, bitches were just complaining. They yelled at me for reporting it. Like I was making this up and I'm like, I'm just reporting this. Like I didn't make Fox apologize mm-hmm. um, saying that they were catering the PC, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I try to put some context around it. Like, and they're like, well in the movie, you know, it's actually a woman that wins in the end. So, you know, this is just stupid. I'm like, yeah, but do not see how separately out of the context, this billboard looks in a, Time in which we're immersed in rape culture in which a rapist left a woman for, you know, dead, essentially, behind a dumpster after raping North a branch and got off pretty much scot-free. When violence against women is on the rise, and I linked a study, do you not see how maybe out of context, like, this is not the best message to send? It was truly shocking to me how many commenters, no, they didn't understand. They didn't get it, and they didn't want to understand Oh, I'm gonna. I'll be
2: kind of the devil at ad, devil's advocate on this because I'm. I totally understand and see like the discrimination women get on a daily basis on a bunch of different genres. But I'm also one of those kind of off to the side where I don't want to be pointed out as a woman. I want to be pointed out, like if I'm a writer, I want to be the best writer. I don't want to be the mm-hmm. best woman writer. I want to be in the same, this under the same umbrella as a man. And I can kind of understand that it is part of the story. And it's not because she's a woman that she's being choked out. But I think the bigger thing in that whole argument is, why are we so comfortable with violence anyways? If that was a man, if that was Magneto getting choked out by apocalypse or something of that nature, it wouldn't have been a big deal on any side, but it should be like, it, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be that divide between right. violence against women and violence against men. We're just in such a violent culture in general. And i mean you're talking to a girl that, I mean, I, I love, we can't even movies. pass gun
1: control I, laws. So I mean,
2: right, right. Yeah. That I, I, I totally love gore. I love ridiculous violence. But when it comes to driving down the street and there's a monster choking a character, whether it's female or male, I have a more problem with that. Or And we, we see it, especially here in L.A., all over the place. I mean, a lot of the billboards, they won't show a nipple slip, but they will show you decapitations galore. And they'll put it on, you know— during cartoons, it's, there's a weird divide. So I, I totally agree that it impacts the everything that's happened because of the rape culture. And, it, and it, that billboard should have came down. I mean, it, it was vile, you know, if you tag it to that storyline. But I can also see the opposition of it's not in that subtext, although you mm-hmm. can twist it to that subtext. And the bigger issue is the violence in general. If that, it be is. That, you know, I, I, I think
1: it, it – and I put this in the article too. I said, you know, it's, this just goes to show that movie studios, not just in the movies they make but, and, or TV you know, networks too, but also in their marketing, they have got to be more cognizant of the current social climate. There exactly. were literally thousands of other images you could have used that would have been just as dynamic – just as visually striking for that billboard, maybe not thousands, but you know, hundreds, dozens, and out of again in the middle of a time, right in the middle of a time where we are rape culture is such a huge controversy, violence against women is on the rise. Like that was the image you went with, and and that in of itself kind of shows just how entrenched it is, uh, because again it's been so ingrained to not think twice about casual violence against women that they literally all the studio executives, I can guarantee there wasn't one woman that signed off on it. It was all men. And they looked at it and went, this is awesome. Instead of going, whoa, maybe this isn't the best image to put out there right now. Like we could pick another one. Um, so for me, it was more indicative of just how unaware they were when they signed off on it to go like, just be a little bit more understanding of you know, kind of the current zeitgeist and what's happening in social issues right now. Um what's So the, that was what was interesting to me.
0: What's disturbing to me is the people that defend a billboard. Like, you're not defending yes. the movie. You're not defending a character or the director. You're defending a, a billboard. How does that billboard affect your life that you need to defend it being up? Like Because bitches ruin everything,
1: Dave. <laughs> bitches ruin everything.
0: <laughs> You're right. Somebody made a big stink about it. So now I have to stand up and defend it. I, I, I mean, it. Yeah. this is the same demographic of people that we're pretty sure we critics were getting paid
1: by Disney to tank our reviews for all these other movies. <laughs> right.
3: Um, yeah. How do I get on that gravy train? P.S. Cause, cause I built a yacht with my Disney money. It was awesome. I'll, I'll yeah. jump. I'll
0: jump on if I could, you know, if there's some way like, I'll, no. All right.
3: Dave,
2: Dave, you become the speaker of the house.
0: I, I, <laughs> if I can get paid by Marvel. <laughs> sure.
2: That's a really <laughs> big insult right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. It's,
2: it's it's crazy though. I mean, on one aspect, like it is the social climate and there is, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. There's this disconnect. I don't think anybody is, you know, doing it out of, you know, they didn't put any thought power behind it because mm-hmm. I don't think they know, they don't understand. Kind of like we were talking earlier where, you know, Dave, you even admitted that you didn't understand that that's why women go to the bathroom together, you know. There, the more women talk about stuff like this, though, the more it comes to light. So I think, like, the billboard argument, although it's probably not the strongest fight people should be fighting, it's good that they're fighting that battle mm-hmm. because it does bring to light the background of it. And you see that across everything, though. Like, like you were saying, when you go into a comic book store – it depends on the comic book store. I mean, I'm blessed because my comic book store basically has two girls running it, and they're awesome. So I, I never have issues going in there. But I've been to some of the, the other stores and some of the bigger stores that are, you know the pretty famous ones around L. A. And I walk in and they disregard me because they don't they don't know what it, until you can totally school them on it and like, mm-hmm. all right, issue thirty. FIFA thieves, Redmond. You know, and you can just start going through the the things, and then they're like, "Oh, you actually read it?" And you're like, "No, I'm just here for fun." You know, and and it's frustrating because why they have such a prejudice to start with, but it's kind of our job to pull them out and sort of show them, like, "No, I can do circles around you, buddy." And and it's kind of like, I mean, my my family's from the south, so they're I've grown up with when somebody addresses me, they're like, "Hey, honey." Why, why don't you go over and try this? Or hey, sugar, it's all okay. I get it, and I I don't take disrespect from it. But there is that mo- that you gotta have to throw it back to. It's like it's all right, buddy. It's all good, man. You know you have to. <clears throat> it, there's there's a difference between you know stupidity and and ignorance. I guess
0: is there and. For all three, I I, want to come back to feminism before we wrap up, but I want to ask this question because I've wondered myself, like when I go to a comic book store and I see somebody pick up a book I know I love, I want to talk to that person about it because it's a cool conversation starter or whatever, online if somebody is talking about it or there's news about Suicide Squad being the best movie that's going to come out this year. Uh, Yeah, I went there, Jenny. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but oh, no. I, I, I want to talk about it to this person. And if it's a woman, I don't want her to immediately instinctually have to be on the defense of that. Either one, I'm trying to flirt with her or two, that I am going to try to explain things to her and that she needs to show her credibility to me before I take her seriously as a person who might like that comic book. Do you guys see that as aspects as well of being in this culture?
3: Oh, yeah. It's like something you have to understand is... Women are always on the defensive. Mm -hmm. And while the vast majority of us won't bite your head off because we're on the defensive, like, those are things that we think about. Those are things that we're constantly aware of because we have to be. The other option is, is bad things happen to us. Right. So, yes, we are always concerned about, you know, is this going to end bad? Is... Is, like, whether it be physically or is this guy just trying to, you know, feel me out and figure out what I know and if I'm a fake geek, which, again, P.S., when did fake geek even become an option? Like, I I got <laughs> beat up in school because I was a geek and now because I'm a woman, like, this fake nerd thing is happening and, like, what? yeah i I enjoy being broke all the time like that's super fun for me. I do it so you'll think i'm 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 fake yeah <laughs> um but yeah, yeah that is that's always on our radar i you know i think for
1: me i'm a pretty trusting person um i don't have like my self preservation instinct is remarkably non existent <laughs> um but I do get sometimes a little bit overly defensive not from the not from the uh, per, you know, uh, kind of angle of, Oh, this could end badly, but more that I've accidentally like kind of snapped at a guy before, especially on social media where context is sometimes hard to read mm-hmm. for uh, mansplaining to me. And he's been like, Whoa, I wasn't trying to do that at all. Like and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. But what a lot of guys don't understand is like, that's my knee jerk reaction now because so much of the time that is how the guy means it. um, And so you kind of just assume like when a guy just tries to explain something to you, you're just kind of like, Oh, here we go again. Like, Mm -hmm. please tell me more about how I don't understand the industry I work in every single day. You know? So, uh, so I think for a lot of women, it's a lot of, it's that too. Like you get a guy that gets genuinely upset and, and that's the thing too. You get a lot of guys that kind of feel like they are owed something. Again, it's the feminist version of the nice guy syndrome, Where, but I'm a feminist. Like, I wasn't mansplaining to you. So, how dare you get mad at me, you bitch? Like, and it's like, I don't owe you shit for being a, like, congratulations. You're not a sexist asshole. Would you want a gold star for the bare minimum of human decency? (laughs) Like, good job. So, the guys that I found, and just people in general, not just for guys talking about feminism, but in general, the people that I found that are the, the best people to be around are the ones that are like, I'm sorry that that might've come across like that or stopped to put themselves in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jenny, you were talking about like how you kind of, you're definitely a feminist, but you're a little bit more neutral or maybe like a little bit more of an observer, um, sometimes about certain issues. And I have to say, I've kind of evolved on this myself. I, it used to be those people like, oh my god, I don't see why people are getting pissed about this. I don't see why women are making a big deal about this. I've always been a feminist, but I've even gotten a little bit annoyed at some of the like things that you know people got angry about. And even now, sometimes I have to unplug from being online because I'm just it, it. It just wears you down. But I kind of realized, you know, over time that it's not necessarily a bad thing that we get outraged about little, every little thing. I think that misogyny and sexism are so entrenched in our society, it's so ingrained in our mindset and our society and our culture, especially in men, that you almost have to overreact to point out all the little ways in which it happens, all the subtle little things that happen every single day to women for people, not just for men, but also for women to finally realize like, oh, wow this is a huge widespread problem. I never realized it was this bad. Women don't even realize how bad it is sometimes because it's just always happened to us. And I think that's why you see a lot of women that will defend sexist things because they literally don't know any other way. Um, So I've kind of flip-flopped on this a little bit too. Like I get less mad now. I unplug more. But I get less upset about people, you know, quote, overreacting to little things because I think that's what it's going to take to show people just how pervasive and entrenched this is. Um, So I don't know. I've kind of evolved a little bit on my position on that myself.
2: Okay. Going back kind of what you're saying too, though, it's like I – I do. I, I, if I'm in a comic book store and a guy walks up to me, you kind of have to take the feel. I mean, I hate to say it's like animal behavior, but you can kind of tell if the person who's coming to talk to you is on an aggressive or a cheese ball stance, you know, or mm-hmm. if they just want to legitimately say, I mean, I, I've met some really cool people at comic book stores and at, at conventions and things where I'll be looking at something and they'll walk up and like, have you read that before? And I'll be like... I have, I'm looking for the second book. Do you recommend? And then we get in a conversation of why I like it or why they like it or why they were thinking of getting it or vice versa. You know, they'll come up and I like, I haven't read it. And then they'll start telling me why they love it. And it's awesome. Like I love that interaction with people. And I think that's why I'm not so, so afraid if a guy does do it and I'll automatically go, Oh, he's just trying to hit on me or something like that. But you do, there is that kind of sense you get from a guy, especially if you walk in, the first thing they do is kind of look you up and down.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: the moment where you kind of put a little bit of distance between you. You're like, I know what this guy's going to do, you know? You or literally recreate he,
1: that shot yeah. of Torben looking at Brienne and her just going, Oh God, you know? like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Or, or the, the icing on the cake is when they start off the conversation you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. No, I haven't read this. Have you? Oh, uh, no, I want to. Um, Hey, do you live around here? Do you want to get a cup of coffee? Like, don't go automatically into a date question. I'm like, no, I want to know about why I should be reading, you know, Walking Dead 52 or what have you. You know, I so there's you get a sense of things. and, And the bad part is you can't always get that sense. And you there is that protective shield you put up. But. I think the moment we start being afraid of everything, we lose those opportunities. But I also think that it's our job to make sure that everybody's aware that we have to be afraid of everything. Because if not, the there are people out there that just don't get it and it needs to be brought to light. So if you want to battle for a billboard, explain why, you know, and, and it's a – make them understand and that open debate is awesome. But the problem with open debate now is because people hide behind a message board and they, they name throw. I mean, you're a bitch, you're a cunt, you're, you know, it's like, I'm just telling you that, you know what, in the light of things, this was a bad idea in my opinion. And then you're, you know, and some people's arguments are good arguments. You don't have to agree with them, but it's, it's very, bizarre the way it all works out in the end but yeah, yeah. i I, yeah. I say dave if you see somebody picking up a comic book and you want to know if they like it talk to them <laughs> yeah for sure because that person's yeah. going to know if you're a creep ball or not pretty fast here's yeah.
1: the thing guys don't like guys are like well i'm so scared to like approach a girl so you can't even like hit on a girl anymore without her getting offended I'm like that right there don't hit on a woman Talk to her like a normal fucking human being. That's your problem right there. You know, like, cause women don't exist for you to hit on them. Right. Like there's no woman. I mean, unless she's having a really bad day, there is no woman in the history of ever that has gotten pissed off or taken a guy's head off. If he's just walked up to her, smiled and said, hi, my name's Dave. Or, Hey, sorry to bother you. Could I buy you a drink? He might get turned down, but she's not going to take his head off. It's the guys that don't realize that they lead first the intention they're going to ask this woman out on a date or they're attracted to her, where it's like, or, or, crazy idea, I know, you could just say, like, hi, and talk to her like she could be a potential friend first and not Mm -hmm. a hole to stick your dick in, you know,
2: (laughs) so... (laughs) And don't always, like, need something from it. I mean, the conver- mm-hmm. like most women, the conversation is all they need. They don't need to be your BFF. They don't need to, you know, exchange phone calls. If you run into them again, they're going to recognize you, and maybe it will develop after that. But don't don't just always end a conversation with the girl that you think about is like, so here's my phone number, or can I have your phone number? It, because then automatically we feel like, you think like, oh, something? that's or, why you were
1: talking to me. Or like, oh, that's why you were talking to me. Yeah. Right, right. So I mm-hmm. feel
0: like, and this isn't because she's a mean person. That's just because she doesn't want to be bothered. Amelia would be a person that would snap on me if I asked her if I could buy her a drink when she's just sitting hanging out. That's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: I would, if though, No. <laughs> if you're Jenny, a po- yeah. I'm, I'm mean at like, and this is like the weirdest, most bass awkward thing in the world, but if we're friends, I'm a lot meaner to you than I am <laughs> to a stranger. That makes because, sense to me. Because, I grew up with dude friends, so I have yeah. dude friendships. Right. So like, I, I bro around a lot, which is the most annoying term, but it's true. Like, <laughs> so like random stranger B, no, I'm not going to be mean. you like, if you, if you. Take time to come to talk to me and you're respectful, then I will be respectful back. Now, I will say that if you ask me for my number or ask me for my phone number, my answer will probably be no. Because that's just not – I'm not a social person. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for a relationship. I have a lot of friends. Um, But, I mean, it, it totally depends on the situation. But I will never just be a bitch because somebody took a chance and came to talk to me. Okay. It's, it's interesting. Like
1: women, we could never, you will not find one woman out there that could ever conceive of blatantly hitting on a stranger, like a guy, and mm-hmm. then him turning her down and her being like fucking dick.
3: Right. Like oh, I, totally
1: I could not, like, I thought of that con, like I, we were talking about this the other day at work and I was talking about shit, like by, cause the people here are all great. And the guys just started laughing, like that, that inverted like gender role. And I just thought, yeah, you guys laugh, but that's, do you know how often stuff like that happens to women where a guy will ask her out or like aggressively hit on her, she'll turn him down, he'll get pissed and call her a bitch or a stuck up cunt or something like that. I said, you could not find one woman that could conceive of doing that and just like losing it on a guy or being really aggressive because he turns her down. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a normal thing that women experience where it is, it's not even in our, like, it doesn't even occur to us that we could do that. Like, it's just like, who acts like that? Like, that's ludicrous. But then you realized guys, guys act like that all the time. Not all guys, but the, the particularly aggressive, insecure alpha male types do it a lot.
2: I think that's where I'm kind of, i have I feel incredibly lucky because I have four brothers. So my Mm -hmm. entire youth was me having to defend myself against my four brothers. And they treated me just like I was one of the brothers. I mean, I don't know how many times my brother Chris had me in a figure four leg lock and trying to jump off the couch like it was a wrestling ring. I mean, Mm -hmm. weird stuff like that. So I spent my entire entire youth not like the princess girly girls, but having to know all the transformers name because if i took one of his transformers and he came running up to me going, "Where'd you put Bumblebee?" I better know where the hell Bumblebee is or else. It's going to become an epic Chris versus Jenny war, you know. So, i grew up that way, but i also knew at any given time that if i was in trouble, he had my back. And that's kind of progressed in my adult life, and especially when it comes to, you know, just expectations, I guess. So I, I approach everything as I'm one of you. I'm, I, you know, and I'm, I'm one of the guys, but I'm, I'm a girl and you better listen to me as well. And so that's where I think the divide is, is I don't want to be singled out as a woman when I do stuff. I want to be singled out as the writer or the artist or, and I think that gets, gets hazy, but I think it's so critical that we understand that and we understand that we have to we have to fight to put our presence out there in front of the men mm-hmm. and show them that we are we are able and we are strong but we also have to you know make you know see the see the in-betweens i guess if I'm having a really hard time trying to explain <laughs> this <laughs>
0: Um, okay, so let's wrap up since it's getting late here. Uh, it's, it's kind of a two-part question since we're wrapping up. One, what is what is being a feminist, what does that mean uh, for, for you, and what do you think it means? Uh, and two, what kind of hope do you see going forward that things are going to get better if you see it at all, either in pop culture or just in your dealings with people on a day-to-day basis? Um, Jenny.
2: Um. Well like kind of what I was just saying, I want to see it where it's not automatically it's because it's a man or it's because it's a woman, because we all have the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest, the biggest dividing point right now is women don't necessarily get the same opportunities, no matter how hard they work. And that's, you know, there's statistics out there that prove that. And then also just that predatory nature. If you want to dress sexy and do a sexy cosplay, you should be able to. And, and, Embrace that it's sexy, but you shouldn't also be in fear because somebody wants to take advantage of that, you know? So I, I think over, you know, every year we get a little bit better, um, when it comes to society, I think, and this goes against, you know, this goes beyond the feminist movie movement. We, we have to just not hide behind the message on a, on a keyboard. It's because you're not seeing people's reaction, when you're standing in front of somebody, if you look at that person, you're like, you fucking bitch. You have to look at their facial reactions of how it's hurting them. You know, you can't do that on a keyboard. You can shoot it out there, sit back and go, I showed her or I showed him. And that I think is the biggest uphill battle of being a feminist is that we have to make sure that they understand that this is what we have to tackle on a daily basis and we shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, we got a long road ahead, but I think slowly we're getting there. Okay. Um, uh,
0: Alicia.
1: Um, for me, I think it's hopeful. You see change happening already, especially in entertainment and pop culture. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, Mark Millar, for example, I just read an article today about Mark Millar is relaunching his Kick-Ass comic book series and Kick-Ass is going to be a black female character and, you know, traditionally a white teenage guy. And Mark Millar is straight up said, he's like, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that the white straight, you know, male around, you know, demographic around age 30, pretty sure they've been really well catered to in comic <laughs> books, like... <laughs> you know so he's like frankly for me as a writer it's much more interesting to tell a story about kick ass he's like from the perspective of a black female teenager and but he straight up said he's like yeah uh I'm pretty sure that like white straight dudes around ish 30s like are not underrepresented in comics like they have theirs they're fine yeah uh and so you have a lot of, you know, like Dan Slott is another one, you know, the the uh, writer Spider-Man, and he's one of my good friends. And he is also very like a lot of big names, uh, you know, Gail Simone, Kelly C. DeConnick in, in comics and everything. And you see a lot of these big names, like fighting for diversity, fighting for inclusion. Uh, and, and that's good. I mean, that, that means change is happening. It really is. Uh, maybe not as fast as we'd like, but it is. For me, being a feminist, and I think this is just something that we need to keep in mind more as human beings, is that I truly believe most people are fundamentally good. I don't think that, you know, somebody that's sexist sets out to be a sex. Like if you ask him, like, are you a sexist? He'd be like, Hell no. I love women. I love my mom. I love my sisters. But again, it's such an ingrained, entrenched thing that the misogyny, the sexism are—they're like backhand misogyny and sexism. Um, use an example once. I, I used to live in Texas for six years. I went to—I was at a department store buying clothes for the summer, and uh, the, the cashier was a black girl. The lady in front of me was like a middle-aged, you know, wealthy Dallas, you know, housewife, which there are a lot of those in Dallas. And she walks up to the girl, and sweet as can be, she's like, I just love the clothes in the summer. She's like, girls just look so cute. She's like, and they go get their tan, she's like, oh, but you have the tan built right in, don't you? You know? Mm-hmm. And it was just, I was just like, wow, I'm so sorry on behalf of white people, you know, like, <laughs> and like she didn't do it to be mean.
0: Right.
1: She meant it as a compliment. But it was just that kind of like casual like racism. <laughs> And I think that's where a lot of it is. So I think a lot of it involves um, genuinely listening. Instead of, I get it. I get why guys are scared. I get that they're feeling attacked. I also get that the role of men is transitioning society and they're not necessarily sure where they fit in or what their role is as women become more independent, less women are settling down and getting married or needing to rely on a guy to support them or having children. I get that. I understand it's a very uncertain time. But I I think that it involves a lot less knee-jerk reaction and a lot more listening. Um, And Jenny's right, like, it makes it very hard when you're online. It makes it very hard to have that moment of, like, okay, I get that it seems like the guy might be coming from this perspective or this, but maybe he doesn't mean it like that. I'm just reading into it wrong because I can't read context here. So I think... We need to get rid of the term feminism, not, not the term feminism. I think it's fine, but more in the sense that we're all just humans Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be men versus women, uh, or, you know, gendered, but we're all just humans. And how about we all just treat each other equally across the board? That would be awesome. So I don't know, for me, it's just a matter of just taking the time to listen a little bit more and to be a little bit more understanding and and open-minded to where another person is coming from.
0: Awesome. I totally Amen. Agree. Yes. Totally agree. All right, Amelia. What about you?
3: Um, I I agree with with what Felicia or what Felicia what Alicia. <coughs> Bye, Felicia. <is> in. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Um, good lord. Um, I I hate the question. What does feminism mean, though? Okay. Um, and not your fault. Um, <laughs> just because there we just talked about this with at Comic Con on another podcast. Um. There are so many people that, like, break themselves into camps and be like, I'm not this kind of feminist. I'm this kind of feminist. It is not an opinion thing. It is not a camp thing. Feminism is, from start to finish, about equality. It's, mm-hmm. it's a definition thing. End of story. You either believe in equality or you are not a feminist. The end. Um, and there are... There well, are yeah. There are a large group... There's not a large group. There is a decently sized group that treats feminism like they are trying to achieve superiority, not equality. And that group makes the rest of us look like idiots. But the fact of the matter is, is they're not feminist. That's not what feminism is. Um. So, you know, for me, like, I... I I used my dad as an example because for the longest time I didn't identify as a feminist when I was growing up because I was in a small town and that term was always used with a negative connotation because those in the town that I was in and, you know, basically the world that I knew were, were not good people and they were looking for superiority. And they would look at my dad who was a single parent and tell me that he wasn't capable of raising me because he was a man. Because a girl has to have a mom, like single dads can't do it, but that's not the case at all. So, I mean, it, I think to move forward and, and we are moving forward. Like, I don't want to pretend that we're not and that things aren't getting better. Like we are making progress, but to continue to make progress, we have to include and continue to include men in the conversation for multiple reasons. First of all, like we've talked about multiple times There are so many of them that don't understand. There are so many of them that don't know that the things that we talked about today are a thing. There are so many of them who, you know, have have no idea about any of it. And then, you know, there are others who, again, like the single dads in the world who are trying to raise daughters who are getting a bad rap because they're dudes. Like, we have to stop with the gender roles and the nonsense and that alpha male bullshit that like we and the Susie homemaker that gets expected of women you know it's it it, it's about equality and we have to we have to include men in the conversation just as much as we're including women
0: awesome Awesome. I like it I yeah Uh, to sum up I would say yeah We I look at I try to look at people like little kids look at people now, like a little kid doesn't see a, a little girl and say, "Well, that's a girl. I can't hang out with her." Or that's that's a Chinese kid. I don't want to touch. I don't want to talk to that kid. or I don't want to associate with that person because they're Chinese or that whatever it is. They don't have labels for other little kids. They just think that's another little kid. He's got a toy. I got a toy. Let's play together. That's how Dennis they look at
3: it. Leary has, has a great quote about that. And it's <laughs> my five-year-old, he hates naps end <laughs> of list.
0: Right. Like, exactly.
3: Racism isn't born. It's taught.
0: Right. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we, we put labels on things when we get older so that we can, that group is this, this group is that, and my world is safer because I know where I stand in that group. That's, that's why we do it out of fear and, and. You have more fun when you can meet more people that that know and like the same things that you do or that they challenge what you like because they know more than you and they can recommend things to you or teach you things. Um, Why not open your world to those people instead of trying to push them down or keep them away or hurt them, as we've talked about tonight? And I will admit, I am extremely naive to what some of the things you guys are talking about tonight, and I'm super glad you guys came on and talked about a lot of this stuff. And there's a lot more we could talk about. And I hope that we can, um, in the future with another episode like this. And I have to say you three are some of my favorite people that I see on Twitter and talk to on almost a daily basis, like Jenny, um, because you have such, you. you have such extremely strong opinions and you're extremely entertaining and you're loyal and you're fun to read when you tweet, uh, you know, whenever you, when you post stories, these kinds of things. So, uh, and it's not because you're women, it's because you're extremely smart and, and funny and entertaining and you know what you're talking about. And that's why I wanted you guys on the show for this. So
1: thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Push. <laughs> uh, so yes, thank you, Alicia. Thank you, uh, Amelia for coming on today. Um, is there anything you guys specifically want to promote that you guys got coming, working on anything like that? Alicia?
1: Um, I, not at the moment. I mean, it's just, you know, business as usual, article writing and stuff. Uh, we are doing an upcoming fanzine from through movie pilot, digital fanzine, um, for, it's a survival guide to comic con. So we'll be launching that in a couple of weeks. That'll be pretty fun. Oh, cool. So if you guys want to share that, that'd be awesome. But as far as own individual stuff, just business as usual, just writing, (laughs) writing, writing. So
0: and if you want to talk to Alicia on Twitter in a respectful manner, she's on Twitter, you are at Alicia Grosso. I am. And I mean you can talk to me in
1: a disrespectful manner, but it will not go well for you. So
0: <laughs> there's, I've, there's I've, that. I've seen I've it. Never... It won't. <laughs> and usually Amelia will attack as well.
3: Mm-hmm. I am a fit.
0: Amelia, you are also on Twitter. And you have a story you just posted, or that just got put up on Smart Girls, right?
3: I do, and it's about a comic book about Elizabeth freaking Warren, and I am <laughs> so hyped about it. And you should go read it, and you should tell her happy birthday, because it's her birthday. You. Please
1: yes, tell for
3: me. real. Boss bitch. End of yes. story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, and if you want to talk to Amelia respectfully or disrespectfully at your own risk... She is at browncoatorrer, right? You did it. Yes, I mean, I get it every time now. Uh, Jenny, you are on Twitter. Dave? You are on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> as well. Uh, I
2: am. I make an appearance now and again.
0: <laughs> she'll she'll talk to you about all her favorite indie comics all day long, and and Jonathan Mayberry.
2: Oh yeah. Which I think I think he might believe I'm stalking him because I just finished he, his new book, he should and I just be keep tweeting him like it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, he should yeah. be very afraid of you. So. He should be
2: very afraid of me. Yes. All right, Jenny is a
0: super fan. Jenny is on Twitter at Robbie Art, and yep. that's where you can find everybody. Uh, again, I want to say thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Amelia, for, spending, for this, you're spending some time, and uh, we'll do it again very soon. Thank you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. So that was our talk with Alicia and Amelia again, find them on Twitter, follow them. They're awesome people. Jenny and I are still here. We're going to read some of your tweets that came in about this topic. Cause it's a, it's a hot button issue and it should be talked about. And we have a lot of people, a lot of women that follow us on Twitter at atomic Geekdom that are huge geek fans and they love the geek culture and they want to be treated just like all of us want to be treated with respect and equality. So, Uh, let's jump into it. First tweet is from at Rihanna. I say it that way because there's three A's. R-I-A-A-A-N-N-A. Uh, she said, People around me are doubtful, somewhat stunned, knowing that I'm that much into superheroes. Apparently it's still weird. Um, I I asked her to kind of elaborate on that as far as, is that, like, are they surprised at the content that you like or that you know so much about it? And she said both, but more on the, on the second that, that she knows a lot about it. Um, they say things like girls only liking them because the actors are hot or just, you know, for their boy, because their boyfriends like it and stuff like that. Um, at known good geek, uh, the known good geek cast is, is the person that tweeted to us. Uh, they'll not ask my opinion. I have to be assertive if I want to give my opinion. And usually they're surprised when I'm factual However, I have found if geeks know I know information, they are much more accommodating to asking me and letting me join the conversation. So, and then I did ask, so you have to prove yourself before they quote unquote accept you as one of them. One of us, one of us, one
2: of us, one of
0: us. Uh, and she replied very much, and I am an introvert, uh, in parentheses, typical nerd geek, uh, introvert type personality, so stepping up out of my comfort zone to prove myself is already hard. So yeah, that's that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and then Jenny tweeted that she's a geeky gal that likes to, that loves to geek out. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I, a little bit now and again,
0: <laughs> just just a tad. Uh, we got a lot of comments from at Kristen underscore Marie. Uh, she's cool. I actually met her once. Uh, she's a friend of. A friend of the our show, at Kyle Kraus, she was at a comic book store that I went to that opened at midnight to get the uh, the Rebirth book. She's very cool. Uh, she says, "I always get questions that are very much quote If you don't know the answer to this, then you're not a true fan." Unquote. Or quote You only want to see this movie because you think that the actor is hot." Unquote is a thing that's said to me more than once um she says wanting to cosplay a female superhero but feeling uncomfortable of the lack of clothing they wear or seeing people sexually harass other women in, in those cosplay at conventions and uh she says she's got a lot to say but not enough time right now but let me finish for now with being accused of being a fake geek girl or being a geek for attention or because it's quote unquote trendy uh all of those things are very common like the the fake geek girl thing, I think, comes into when you see the models, the cosplay models. And I think people tend to wonder if it's like, well, they're doing that because it's money and attention and guys are going to like them because they're super hot type of thing. It's, that's where I'm thinking that a lot of that comes I,
2: from. I had this whole conversation the other day with someone. We have friends that there's there's a bar by our house where it's a lingerie bar. and We've become friends with a lot of the bartenders listen- there I'm because it's, oh, it's the best bar. It, I think it gets <laughs> voted best bar in Orange County like every year, but it's it's right. a great bar. But the the ladies that work there are awesome. And yeah, they, they serve you drinks wearing bras and panties, but they're confident in it and I have no problem. And then guys go in there and drool and stuff, but – they're confident women a lot of them like a couple of them that i know there they'll they'll dress up and go down and do cosplay at comic-con and it's always the sexy really cool you know either steampunk princess or what have you but there's a sex appeal to it Mm -hmm. and i know people that would look at them and go posers you know just because you know chris hardwick's so popular now everybody's got to be a nerd and everybody's a geek i don't and this is just me, and I, and not to like force my opinion on people, but embrace that. If yeah. you're getting the popular cheerleader girls in on what you enjoy, it's the more you know. They're you're, not going to winning. ruin it.
0: You're winning. Yeah, like yeah. It's that- kind
2: of it's kind of like. Well, I knew that band way before oh, yeah. they were big. Yeah. It's that same argument. It's just right. embrace it. They're. I was. If,
0: I was the, the one cl- wearing the Batman shirt in high school and getting picked on for it and now the same kid picking on me for it is the first in line to see the movie. Like, right. Who cares? That means the movie's successful, the movie's popular. You're still a diehard fan. He might not be as big of a fan, but he's paying his money to see a movie which makes it successful, which means they're going to make more and you're getting what you want. That's what the Marvel universe ca- cashed in on. Is that that universe got so popular that regular people started seeing those movies, not the diehards, or not just the diehards? And now we get two or three of them a year. Now it's awesome, right? Exactly, and, and that's the that's the
2: thing to remember. Like, aside from girls versus boys or what have you, it's nobody's really a poser. Even if if, if they don't like it and they're pretending to like it, yeah, how about it? They're a poser, but nine times out, not even nine times out of 10, one time out of a billion. That might be true. You right. know, right. it's most of the time they've found something that they enjoyed and we've got to get away as, you know, away from in society where we want to put people down. I, I say right embrace away. it. And right. I, I am so excited because I've always, I've always had fan fandom in me from everything. You know, I, I was a big Corey Haim fan, so I had to see all the Corey Haim movies when I was a girl, a little girl. And then, you know, I I loved Jim and the Holograms. I loved Transformers. i huge Transformers fan as a kid. I would play a lot by myself, or I would get the magazines and put the photos on my, my wall by myself. But the moment you meet somebody that would be like, oh my gosh, did you see that cartoon? And then you get to totally talk about it and completely geek out, like what we do on this site. Mm -hmm. It's the best feeling in the world. So I say embrace the people that you think are posers. Embrace them all because it is the best, most fun conversations to have when you get somebody that's passionate about things that they
0: like. If they truly are a poser, you'll know within 10 minutes and you can move on without degrading them.
2: Right, right.
0: Like, okay, this person clearly is just wearing a Wonder Woman shirt because it's trendy and popular. She doesn't know anything about Diana Prince or or the Amazons or any of this, you know, I, or, I, I'm Or done. you could be
2: annoying like me because... If I find somebody like that, then I have to sit there down there and school them a little bit. Did you like, know this? Right.
0: Did you remember this time? Okay. One woman did Wanna this. Want to know what
2: <laughs> makes her so freaking cool? Okay, so she's got this whip. It's the whip of truth, and then and, and then you can't shut me up. And right. yeah, they
0: uh, Jenny, usually Jenny, what happens? I, I have to mansplain something to you. It's called the lasso of truth.
2: The lasso of truth. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they,
0: totally. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to.
2: Oh, high five! Oh. Wi Fi High five! <laughs> Oh, it was good. But, yeah, it's like – I'm usually the pain in the ass one, though. Is like, it's like a bomb being dropped because mm-hmm. once you get me going, it's hard to get me to stop. Oh,
0: so we know. Those we poor know. People,
2: those poor people that I have, to, I have to explain why what they're wearing is so awesome and that if they're awesome enough to wear it, they should be awesome enough to really get into it.
0: That's right. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, next tweet is from at, at TandaBat. T-A-N-D-A-B-A-T. This is a perspective I didn't really think about to ask about, but it's a mom. Uh, being asked if the Batman pajamas are for my son. Nope. My daughter gets both Wonder Woman and Batman. Thank you. Awesome tweet. I love Oh, that,
2: that. is freaking cool.
0: I love that tweet. And a friend of the show, Matthew J. Bates II, he won our uh, print of Ashley dressed as Gwenpool. Or no, Batgirl. Dressed as Batgirl. Uh Batgirl. He replied to her saying, I think she needs Deadpool jammies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she continued. At Tandabat said, "Hard to find graphic tees that are cut for the female body without being low cut, cropped, or pink." I want exactly. I want the boy shirt, but fitted.
2: Oh, here's the trick. I'm going to tell you guys the trick. Get it slightly smaller, right? Mm-hmm. So if you wear a medium, get a small. If you wear a large, get a medium. And then stretch it as much as you can. Don't get the don't get the um. The ones that shrink, you have to get the pre-shrunk t-shirts, but stretch it and then cut the collars off and a little bit of the sleeves off. That's what I have to do because she the bin's that. collar she, looks like – makes me look so bad. So yeah, just cut
0: the collar off. She did it to the Atomic Geekdom shirt I gave her. Totally. So she you can totally
2: – like just cutting the elastic off totally does yeah. fine, but you can totally go like eighty spectacular like I did <laughs> the Atomic Geek, And I cut it totally so I can pull it over one shoulder.
0: Oh, really
2: like it, but that's total, that's totally my 80s
0: with with her with her leg warmers and
2: no leg warmers. But
0: uh, snap, I did snap have
2: bracelets? Two I wish I had snap bracelets. Still, <laughs> did have two different color socks: one hot pink, one hot green.
0: Oh, very punky but Brewster.
2: It total hello, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it. They don't make. I mean, once in a blue moon, you'll find mm-hmm. like a cool Thor T-shirt or something that will fit right. What, but what most I've, of the I can't find a Star Wars t-shirt. I cannot find a good woman's Star Wars t-shirt.
0: What I've found has been crazy cool for me is Target has, like, a whole geek shirt section now for men. And I'm sorry, women. I'm sorry, women. But they do. Like, it's all, like, retro, like, gaming shirts and and cool retro band shirts. Like, Target, of all places, has this.
3: I'm...
2: I'm going to jump in here too. They have women's ones too. I have a really good um, quarter sleeve Thor shirt. So it's got like the blue, blue quarter sleeves and it's got Thor across it. It's cut really well. So. Hmm.
0: Um, All right. So that is all we got from Twitter. Uh, Thank you all so much for responding. I hope uh, this, none of this has offended any of you. I hope you've learned something and I hope you made it through the whole episode. If you're a guy and you didn't think this was boring, I think there's a lot of stuff to hear that you may not know about being a dude uh, and just being oblivious because you don't have to deal with these things women do every day. So uh, that's that's the point of this. This will, None of this was to talk down or to degrade men or women in any case. This was just to educate and to talk and to get these things out there into the open. Uh, all of these women and myself are not experts, but we do live in the world. <laughs> so... We do know what's going on uh, from time to time. I didn't know a lot of the things they talked about, and I'm glad I heard it from them. Why? Hearing it from somebody else doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, yeah. That's all this episode was made to do, and we'll do it again, because I actually really had fun talking to these ladies about these things. So, yeah. That's our episode. Tonight, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll have more fun next week. Not as serious, but still fun. Uh... Again, next week, Jenny. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me, Dave. Thanks for rushing you rule me. as a guy.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for rushing home from work to get to this one because it would have been really be weird if you couldn't be here for the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if it was just me and, and two ladies that aren't representatives of the Tower Kingdom, it's been kind of strange. No, Jenny can't be on the show. It's all about me.
2: Hey, you did well. You did very well at this.
0: So, yeah, alright. And of course, as always, because she is the first and only lady of Atama Geekdom, she gets the last word. And this week, the last word is.
2: Beautiful.